Walking through the park one day. Shane. What's up, man? You like walking through the park? Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you know, it depends on the weather and the time of year. Yeah. Aaron, do you like walking in the park? Yeah. Actually, um, I've been taking care of someone's dog for a little while now, and I take her with me every chance I can. Uh, why do you think care of someone's dog? Uh there's a story behind that. Um, there's a river here in Waco called the Brazos River, and uh, Cameron Park runs along the river, and there's some trails there that are actually really nice. See, Shane? Nice trails. You need to walk to the park, Shane? No, yeah, I do get walk out there to the park. There's a park right down, right there by my house. <laughs> Look at that. It's so convenient. And, you huh? won't enjoy it. and yet you still don't go. Yeah. You still don't go. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I get out there every now and then. But not right now. It's too, too cold to be out there walking around. Judging the weather. <laughs> it's, cold. it's cold and wet. And you slip. Like Sarah, one time we were out there walking, Sarah slipped. It's right there in the mud. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. That that kind of thing does happen. And you can't take the baby with you. It's too cold. You don't like going out and out. So. Yeah, bundle him up, man. It'll be all right. Yeah. And one solution. It'll be all right. I'm <laughs> it. Well, uh, welcome everybody to Big Beefing. Yeah, another episode. 24. Yay! 24 in. Yeah, our, uh, I don't know what happened, but our viewership kind of slowed down the past week or so. I don't know. Uh-oh. I don't Not know what that's forget. about. Yeah, you never know. It's just, you know, so that's why I was, tonight I want to try something a little bit new to see if we can get it boosted back up. Something a little yeah, bit there was a guy it. that was on Twitch Gaming streaming, and he had a thousand people watching him. Uh-huh. Yeah. A thousand. Yeah, I think when Joe Rogan signs in, he gets like hundreds of thousands, if not millions. He's a celebrity. I'm talking about someone like us. Oh. Well, yeah, uh, Twitch will pay you though, right? If you get so many people, like if you get no, um, your subscribers pay you. So you subscribe to their channel and you do like five dollars subscriptions. You pay that person five bucks. Yeah. Didn't uh, Jack Black like blow it up the first day it went on? Didn't he like make a lot of money? Oh, I don't know. I did not know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I didn't even know Jack Black was on Twitch, but yeah, I guess Twitch we saw how big this ninja guy was getting. He's like, "Well, I'm gonna launch my own." Yeah, I have to look into that. Yeah, not happening. I don't know if it's any good or not. I mean, I, like I said, I'm not a fan, but you know, hey, to each his own. Well, I ain't got. So to, I ain't really got on Twitch. I, I know we're broadcasting on Twitch now. I, I was reading. Oh, it's on Twitch now. Okay. You didn't get that email. Oh. No, I've have no. Oh, you yeah. like our the what? What were you saying? <laughs> are, you, are you that guy saying that has like five thousand emails when I was going on? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah like, once you let the mailbox go and check for a while, it just gets out of control. I got, I got to do it every week. I got to. I got to clean up every week. You said effort from the get go. <laughs> I did go back. I, I went back and like like to the beginning of the inbox to like see the first messages I sent. This is crazy shit back in the day, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Well, Shane, earlier you asked us to pick a number between yeah, 1 and 12. So, so here's what was the that deal. Number? What was so, the number? It was seven. I, I went to a random generator. You know. <laughs> what? what? I knew it. I picked the exact number you were thinking of. No, I, I, wasn't that. Thinking, I wasn't thinking of it. I went to a random number generator online. 
And well, why would you say you are but, a generator? Why would you pick a computer to generate for you? Well, so all three of us could, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So just, just try to make it fair. So what I did was I went to a random generator. I asked everybody to pick a number. My number was five. Aaron's was seven. And John picked eight. And as soon as I hit the button, seven popped up. So there you go. Ah, gotcha. Lucky number seven. So uh, the reason why we drew numbers is because I just had an idea, like just kind of a fun little thing. Some channels I've seen do this. They do it. Usually it's done whenever like a reboot is announced or a new story hits saying that the movie was a flop or they try to bring the franchise back. And what will happen is they'll get like three or four guys or three or four people will sit around and talk about how they would do the movie. So basically they're pitching a movie. It's called a movie pitch. And a movie pitch is like when you, you know, you go to a studio, you meet with an executive and you just tell them your idea, what you want to do. And, uh, you know, you can do it any way you want. Um, you know, I've seen people do it where they, they start going into the story and explaining what happens and they set the scenes. I see some where they just, you know, announce who they're casting, the roles and what the overall plot's going to be. Um, so there's all different kinds of ways you can do it. Um, but I figured we could do that. And then after everybody's done, everybody's going to get 10 minutes. So after 10 minutes are up, we're cutting it off and you got somebody else has to go after that. So if you can't get it all within 10 minutes, got to move on. And then, um, and then Aaron, after, after we're done talking about it, uh, John wanted to do a little post show, um, what, what, what did we decide? A tad of beef, or what were we calling it? A slice of beef? Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about that before you, uh, before you, uh, you started the show. I was trying to think of a name to put on there. And well, anyway, so is that going to be on your channel? Like you'll invite us to yours? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, to do something with it. So John's going to invite us to his channel after this, Aaron. It's only going to be five minutes. So after five minutes, he's cutting it off. So we're just going to recap what all we said. What's the point of that? <laughs> that doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> That's fine. Because it makes no sense. We're going to do it because it makes no sense to talk about each other. Uh oh. Well, our uh, number one guy just dropped off. He was supposed to go first. And... Oh, crap. He's, his phone's always going to be acting up. There he is. See? You back? He, he, shot, he shows back up. Sorry, the um, cut out there for a second. Okay. So, um, Aaron, if you want to go ahead and do the honors, uh, you could start your pitch. Just tell me when you're ready to start. Uh, yeah, start the timer. I'm, I'm looking at the timer right now. So start it now, 20 seconds. So I have two ideas, and I can't just do one for 10 minutes. There's no way I'm going to cover enough detail for one movie. I, I just don't have enough on, on paper to do, to do that. So I've got two ideas, and Shane, you probably already know where I'm going to go with this. So my first idea, it will be for a uh, Blizzard movie. Now, Blizzard did uh, Warcraft, and there are three games in the Warcraft uh, series other than World of Warcraft. And they have plenty of room to build on that and do movies. But I want to go in the direction of StarCraft. I want to do StarCraft with uh, the guy that did 300 um, as a director, Zach uh, Snyder. What was his name? Yeah, Snyder. Zach Snyder. Yeah, Zach, Zach Snyder. He would be the director because the, the way that he did the battle scenes in 300, I really feel he could capitalize on that in the scenes for StarCraft because StarCraft is all about epic battles, heroic last stands, uh, you know, special effects that are through the window. And now they have the money and the technology is there that you could really present an incredible and very entertaining action drama. Now, the drama is going to have to be there. 
they're going to have to capitalize on those interpersonal relationships because the Jim Rayner story with Sarah Kerrigan, you don't really know how deep that runs unless you read the graphic novels. They had a romantic entanglement and they kind of touched on that in the game, but it's not really expounded on. And I'm hoping that with a movie, you can dive into the meat and bones of that. Now, I have a personal investment because I've been playing this game since I was fucking 12. I would want to be Jim Rayner because this is why Jim Rayner is a very average person. Um, he's not, you know, super tall. He's not super muscular. He becomes very muscular in the sequel Starcraft uh, two, but in the first Starcraft, he's a pretty average guy. And if you look at some of the, the early character art, he's kind of a, a, a tall glass of water. But um, I can grow my facial hair like him. I can shave my head like him. I'm prior military. I've been with infantry units. I've been on the front lines. I can relate to that character's story. He's kind of like a, a rebel on the outside. He, um, he wants to, to do the right thing by people. And uh, he's, he's very uh, goal-oriented in the sense that he wants to save lives of, of innocent colonials and innocent people that are getting caught up in this industrial complex of uh, you know all these Confederate forces that are really oppressing them. And anyway, so um, for Sarah Kerrigan, I really think Amber Heard would be a perfect fit for her. She has the look, she has the hair, she has the body type. She's acted in several roles. She's got a broad range and she, you know, she can do these characters from, from these fantasy roles. She did uh, Aquaman's uh, future wife, the queen, uh, Queen Mira or whatever her name was. Um, now, back to me playing Jim Rayner, you know, I could be in some sort of Marine suit or whatever. You could you could uh, put me in that body armor or any of that other crap, but you could get some very built, very tall individuals to play other Marines like uh, Tychus. In StarCraft II, Tychus is a mountain of a man, and you can find those people that would uh, further accentuate their biological enhancements because, you know, they go through some pretty serious uh, – some pretty serious augmentation to become able to wear that body armor and carry their gear and fight the fights the way that they do. And Jim Rayner rides on a motorcycle. He, you know, at first doesn't carry around a lot of Marine gear. He does eventually, but he's not as augmented as some of those other Marines. He's, he's not as huge. He gets that way in Starcraft too. So as the first movie, you can just in introduce this average run of the mill guy and he can be the center of your story. So the way that I want that to open is I have two ideas. We're either going to do the Brood War opening cinematic where they're in the trench and these Zerg are just pounding them and they're coming from all angles. You got fire bats blowing them up with flames. You got uh, grenades being thrown. You got siege tanks launching cannons. You got uh, wraiths dropping down missiles. And uh, it's going to pretty much go the way the cinematic goes, just more battle, right? Eventually, it's going to uh, go down to where this guy that's kind of shell-shocked is just sitting there biding his time because he knows they're all going to die. And one of the Marines looks to him and says, where's the air support? And he just points to a battle cruiser overhead. And then the lights start shining down. And when the lights start shining down, you cut that scene, and then you move to Jim Rayner. That's one way. Another way is I wanted to do when they were going to go through that portal, the Protoss and the Terrans, and they were evacuating Ire as the Zerg were overrunning it. And then as they get through the portal, I was going to flash – to the scene where um, Jim Rayner first shows back up on the scene after being, uh, you know, running through his military career and kind of, he kind of ends it in shambles before he becomes a marshal. He gets, you know, reprimanded and becomes an outlaw and all kinds of other stuff. Anyway, 
those are two openings that I was considering. The uh, the one where um, like all these sound effects from the original game, where the the zealots are you know diving into the zerg and getting tore up, and they're tearing up the zerg, and the zerg are just massing, coming in in these huge numbers and just ripping everybody to pieces, and then they escape, and then you flash to you know like a year before or five years ago or something like that, and then you tell the beginning of Jim Rayner, and when he comes across that infested command center, and they just are starting to find out about the zerg and what they're capable of. So that's my StarCraft pitch. My second pitch was going to be a World of Warhammer, Warhammer 40K. And I wasn't really sure who I would get for the director for it, but it was going to be during the Horus Heresy. Now, I was thinking the Space Wolves or the Blood Angels, because there's some people out there that could really play those roles really well. Jared Leto being one of them, or uh, Sam Claflin, or however you say his last name. He's that, that British guy that did me before you. And I definitely want to get the world's strongest man, Bjorn Hofkorn, or whatever, however you say his Swedish name, get him in there because he is the perfect body type to play a Space Marine 40K. He is huge. He is muscular. He's rough. He doesn't do a lot of voice, uh, a lot of uh, vocal lines in any of his roles. Like he's in Game of Thrones and he's called The Mountain in that, that TV show. But he would make the perfect Space Marine. He looks like a Space Marine. He acts like a Space Marine. He's short. He's terse. He doesn't really talk very much. And you could put him, maybe if you just did some Imperial Guardsman story and he was just the one Space Marine that showed up to help them out in their desperate stand against Tyranid aliens that are trying to wipe them out. But I definitely want to do a Warhammer 40K movie because there is a Warhammer 40K TV show that's about to start hitting the airwaves here pretty soon. And I really feel like they need good script writers and they need the right people to be in those roles because the Warhammer 40K games, and Shane, you've played them, they use kind of the same voice actors. They kind of recycle through them. They need some fresh talent in there. They need the right type of story. They need the right type of direction. And the Horus Heresy is filled with it. There's all kinds of intrigue. There's betrayal. There's, uh, you know, multiple agendas. The Alpha Legion, you never really know what side they're really on. And even when you go, you know, from the Horus Heresy, which is in 30K, to the future, which is 40K, I'll say the future, to the current canon, which is 40K, they still don't know what side they're on. They're, it's, it's not clearly stated if they're for the Imperium or if they have their own agenda. And so there's so many stories. I mean, they're still writing novels about all this stuff. There's so many stories that you could tell in movie format that I really believe with technology and the right budget, you could blow the box office out of the water. There's just so much potential there. Uh, as far as like who would be who, like I said, you know, you need the world's strongest man to at least be one of the space Marines. But you've got all this talent that's out there right now doing all these action roles. Jason Momoa just did Aquaman. Henry Cavill, dude, Henry Cavill, his pictures that he was posting as the Witcher for that TV show, he looks even bigger than when he was playing the role of Superman. He looks huge. He would be a perfect fit for a space movie. And he's British. He already has the British accent. Warhammer 40K is a, is a, a British-centered uh, game that's from Table, Tabletop's Workshop or whatever it's called. Uh, Games Workshop, that's right. Games Workshop is centered in the UK, and Henry Cavill is a British British guy, and so he would make a good fit for a Space Marine as well. Um, the world's strongest man, you know, the Space Wolves are more Norse, more Viking-ish. They have totems, they have long blonde hair, and they um, they put runes and stuff on their armor and crap. And uh, anyway, um, 
So he would make a really good space Marine. And I keep preaching that, but uh, you've got a plethora of people out there that could fill these roles as giant muscular men. And you can just take average, you know, actors that are out there now, like uh, who's somebody that's not like Jude Law. Jude Law is an incredible actor and he could just be an Imperial Guardsman or a commissar. He's played military roles in his past. He also has a British accent. So you, you got uh, the guy that played Loki, uh, Tom Hiddleston. He's a great actor. You could put him as an Imperial Guardsman or an Inquisitor because um, the Inquisitors aren't you know, horribly augmented either. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they have cybernetic implants, but they're not huge muscle men, muscle men. So he could be one of those roles. And um, if they're not going to, you know, be, well, that's, that's all I can really say about that. I'm about to hit my 10 minutes. Are you, are you done? You still got a few seconds left. Uh, you know, that's, that's really all I can say. That's, those are just the ideas floating in my head. Um, a Warhammer 40 K movie. Uh, not really sure where it'd be the horse heresy is where I would start, but it's not set in stone. And then a Starcraft to a Starcraft movie starring Jim Rainer. Damn it. You're going to be able to tell me and Aaron are fucking brothers. That's, that's for sure. No, really? Uh, the, fucking I idea. Too, don't you? I thought you were going to go off the wall, but all right. I am. So John, there's, there's, there's some reoccurring themes. You're going to be like, Oh, I heard this shit 10 minutes ago from Aaron. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. Okay. John, so, uh, Aaron, Aaron, like that shit. Aaron put his ten minutes down, so let's hear, let's hear your movie pitch, John. About twenty-seven. Okay. All right. At the end, or you want to critique it now? No, we're going to talk about it once everybody gets their pitches. Then we'll talk about it. I'm not going to be able to keep up with all that shit. <laughs> That's why I told y'all to get a pen and paper and write this shit down. Uh, well, that didn't happen. Get old memory. It's okay. I'm taking notes, Aaron, and I'll remind you if you forget something. <laughs> Dude, I heard a little bit of Sarah come out right there. <laughs> Glad he's just having a good old time over there. I heard a little bit of Sarah come out in that voice, right there, buddy. <laughs> All right, John, let's hear uh, let's hear your movie pitch, sir. Oh wait, wait, Aaron! What, what, what were you going to call the movie? The movie title was going to be. He didn't tell the movie. Right, hey, no, 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 no! We got to critique. We critique it after the fact. He already had his time. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, he didn't tell the movie title. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. all right. <laughs> My bad. Okay. Yep. Anyways, you ready? Yep. Go ahead. So I always, I always like movies like uh, Hardcore Henry, Henry, and I like games like uh, Battlefield. I like look, looking through the view of somebody else doing all the hard work and you just enjoying the ride. But I wanted to go a different direction. And I want to do a movie about a you looking through the eyes of a balloon, and so you you take a balloon. You start out with a family sitting in a kitchen. And the mom just blew a balloon up, and she hides it behind a plant. And the, and the dad's watching TV. Why are you laughing at this, Shane? He's pretty serious. <laughs> the dad's watching TV. He's watching a, show, a home shopping network about knives. Anyways, fast forward. Uh, I like you know what I want to do is. Do the like I said, do the view through the balloon, which is which what you're looking at is him taking the balloon on the adventure with you, which really is like a action movie in a sense. Because what happens is the balloon goes to goes with the mom to her flower shop. The husband shows up to the flower shop with the two kids. Uh, action scene, uh, cue gang members. Gang members come in, kill the whole family. But the dad, <laughs> but, no, but the but the dad, uh, what, what I want to do is have that scene where they post they post initiate a new gang member, which is a, a kid who's supposed to shoot the dad last. 
the kid does the the kid fucks it up and shoots the dad wrong and percents he survives the gunshot wound. So the balloon makes it from the gift shop to the hospital from the kid that shot the dad to try to apologize for what he did. So going from there, you get a sense of a year from the dad's birthday to the end of the movie, which is a year later. So what you want to do is he the dad's always carrying the balloon tied to a box. So you you go with the dad everywhere he goes, seeing what the dad's doing. He's training. He's getting ready. He's trying to figure out what happened. The, the kid's still helping him find out why they killed his family. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I had to cough right there. So why he wanted to kill his family. So with that, you want to, like, you, you're looking through what a balloon is seeing. I know, got this funny. Oh, Aaron Lester Hardy laughed off the... the Oh, did he check out? Let's no, pause, uh, we'll pause the time. So anyway, anyways, so he's carrying the balloon with him everywhere he goes, which looks crazy, but in reality, he's reminding himself of where, where he was when something when a tragic moment happened to him. So, um, I, I, as far as actors, I couldn't pinpoint anyone I, I wanted because I don't want him being like a Chris Evans. I don't want him being a young guy, but I don't want him being a too old of a, of a guy. So maybe I think like someone like. I don't know. I think it's someone maybe in like their late fifties, early sixties. You know, that still has that that will and training that they can move forward and learn new things. So, as far as directors, same thing. I don't know who could capture that. You know, I know we have technology to do third person views. It's just uh, it's just <laughs> catching the way I'd like to do it. But anyways, it. I know it sounds silly, but it's through eyes with balloon. The dad getting ready, he's training, and the kids always coming around asking him. Why haven't you opened your present yet? He goes, I'll open it when I'm ready. <coughs> I'm sorry. He said he'll open it when he's ready. But it, it basically comes down to... I know you're asking taking notes, man. <laughs> it basically comes down to the, the kid helping the dad out, find out who did it. But I, by the end of the movie, which has been 365 days later, the dad, with this, which... Leads up to the big. I know you say, How are you gonna have an action scene? What you want to do is the dad puts the balloon in a box, he mails it to the he gives it to the kid to deliver to the gang members. So, what you do is the balloon gets out of box, and guess what? The balloon's floating around the room. So, there's your action scene for a full 360 view of the fighting scene going down in the uh in the warehouse. Now, that was a little surreal, I know. I know. I'm still winging it as I go because I was thinking about it all day at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a whole 10 minutes, though, but uh, you got any more? <laughs> uh, man, I'm, I'm trying to think about what I want to do. Like I said, I was still thinking about it at work. But like I said, it's it's hard to say because it sounds silly, but it's hard to say, like, during the 365 days, he's, like I said, he's working with the kid. They're building a relationship, but the, dad, the dad's still pretty mad at the kid for what he did, you know. Shoot him in the head and all, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Captain right in the fucking grape. Sorry, sorry. But, you all yeah, right? <laughs> I, I had um, there's not much to it after that. I just you know I know uh, the title. I wanted to call it uh, Rubber Bullet. Right there, boy. <laughs> you come. I think I've laughed the hardest I've laughed on this. <laughs> I can't tell, man. You had it pretty good. <laughs> oh, 
Well, yeah, I don't want to interrupt him. You know, it's part of the rules. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I have on it. Like I said, I didn't get time to detail it as much as I wanted to, but that's pretty much what I had. Yeah, I, I didn't really put a whole lot of thought in mind either, John, so don't feel bad. You still got five minutes, John, if you want to. Well, I didn't have time to think about the age points. Because like I said, I want to, do I want to make them, you know, but do, do I want to go over like, oh, well, do I, do I want to make the dad ex-Marine? No, that's too, that people do that already. Oh, I don't want to make him an ex-something. Like, well, I don't know. I want him to be average guy, but Stop. still have skills already, you know? So that's that kind of thing I was flopping back and forth on. So, and like, you know, like I said, I don't want to be young. I don't want him to be Chris Evan young, but I don't want him to be, I don't know, who's old as shit right now. <laughs> uh, uh, Liam Neeson? I guess he's like well, 60. Well, <laughs> hell, hell, Liam Neeson, hell, he can still do it. Shit, he still got it. No, he's overplayed, man. You think so? You think he's overplayed now? What about, what about, um, home dude from The Matrix, Keanu Reeves? He's old. He can, well, he's overplayed now, too, doing all the, the John Wick movies. No one's going to get tired of looking at him, too. That's right. the whole thing with that. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, I don't think he can do. I don't think he can do Tom Hanks as action hero. I don't think he can pull pull it off, or can he? I don't know. Has he ever done an action movie? <laughs> About the closest was the um, Forrest Gump. The down net. Well, I mean, he did some action stuff in that. He did a lot of running, but the uh, down the Dan Brown books Inferno and um, where he plays like a um, he's like a religious uh, examiner, like he questions religion and stuff. He had two. I think they had two movies come out. Uh, one of them was 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 the Inferno. Um, I can't remember what the other one was, but he was kind of like an action hero. In those. Uh, well, I, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, can he pull the uh, Keanu Reeves? Can he pull the Liam Neeson or the, John, or the you know? Can he pull the John Wick and you know go gun ho in the movie? You know, you never seen Tom Hanks do that before. What <laughs> you know? he in? A, he was in a gangster movie, right? Yeah, something about that movie with the uh, uh, prohibition. You're thinking about, right? Yeah. Maybe you know, male. Maybe like Tom. No, I'm trying to still be too young. I would think. I don't think I would like him. So a little older, you know. I don't know. Whatever. I got to think about it some more. But anyways, uh, I'll take my minute, Shane. Then you can go. All right. So. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> you can give us title first or title last. All right. So yeah, I'll go ahead and jump into mine. Let me uh. Pull up my notes and hopefully I don't get disconnected from y'all while I'm doing it. Uh oh. You know how it goes. Me and three times. All right. So uh my movie is going to be called Alien versus Predator, the Engineer War. Uh so cue up the uh Predator theme song when the helicopters are flying in and shit. Uh it'll be directed by John Krasinski, the guy who played uh Jim in the office. And the reason why I wanted him to direct it, because he just directed a movie called A Quiet Place, which is a very good movie. And I think he can do the tension for to make a good aliens like suspense thriller movie. Um, and the cast, which unfortunately, this is the second time you've heard this name tonight. Uh, Half Bjorn Bjornsson, uh, the strongest man in the world, a.k.a. the mountain. Uh, I'm going to have him play the predator. He's going to be the predator in this one because he's big. All they got to do is put a suit on him, and he's off to the races. He doesn't talk, you know, because it's an alien. Um, so he'll be the Predator, and the Predator's nickname is going to be Hoss, H-O-S-S. They're going to call him Big Hoss. Um, Kate Beckinsale is going to be the captain of the uh, spaceship, the humans, uh, the USMC spaceship. 
Um, just because I like Kate Beckinsale, and I think she can pull it off. And I think she'll look good in a suit, uh, military uniform. And then uh, Aaron Eckhart, the guy who was the Two-Face from The Dark Knight, he's going to play the lieutenant of the Space Marines. And then uh, Jessica Alba and uh, Jessica Alba is going to be the dropship pilot that lands the Marines in. Uh, Becky Lynch is going to be her co-pilot. Becky Lynch is a pro wrestler. Jessica Alba was a uh, Sue Storm in the uh, Fantastic Four movie. And then um, the gunnery sergeant is going to be played by um, I can't remember that kid's name from uh, Lucas Black, kid from. Uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. John Bernthal is going to play the gunnery sergeant, uh, the guy from The Punisher, and Shane from Walking Dead. He plays the sergeant. Uh, Winston Duke is the Lance Corporal. Winston Duke is that big black guy from Black Panther, the one from the opposing tribe. Uh-huh. Um, he's going to play the Lance Corporal. Uh, Charlotte Flair is going to be the smart gun operator. Uh, and then and Charlotte Flair is, you know, the wrestler, Rick Flair's daughter. And then David Harbour, who is uh, the guy from Stranger Things, the sheriff. And he's also going to be the new Hellboy. He'll be he'll be the second smart gun operator. So he'll be partners like Vasquez and Draco. Were in the right, he definitely gave us a lot more thought than we did. Um, and then uh, Lucas Black, the kid from um, from Sling Blade, he'll be a, he'll be a Marine. He'll be the uh, explosive. Um, and then Denai Guria, who's the black chick from um, Walking Dead, and she was also in Black Panther. She's going to be the uh, flamethrower Marine. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, the kid from uh, Kick-Ass, he'll just be another Marine. Steven Young, the guy who played Glenn um, from Walking Dead, he's also going to be a Marine. He'll, he's going to be their uh, communications person, like he's in charge of the radar and the signals and all that stuff. Game um, over, man! Doc Ray Montgomery is going to be a Marine. Doc Ray Montgomery is the Red Ranger from the new Power Rangers movie, so he's kind of like a new recruit. And then uh, Chloe Grace Moritz will also be a new recruit, and she's the chick from uh, Kick-Ass, the uh, hit girl. And then uh, I, we're also going to introduce Joseph Bahina as a new Marine, and he's basically going to be playing like Dutch, Dutch Schaefer's descendants. Joseph Bahina is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's illegitimate son, the chick that he had, the, the boy that he had with the uh, nurse, the affair, or not the nurse, the nanny. Uh, that's his son, and he's doing bodybuilding, so he'll look good as a Marine. And plus, it's kind of, you know, paying homage to his dad's role. And then Sterling K. Brown is going to be the droid. Sterling K. Brown's this black guy that was in um, he was in Black Panther 2. He played Killmonger's father. Um, and I, I think he was in another movie here recently, but I can't remember what it was. Something that just came out. But anyways, he's going to be playing the droid, like what Bishop was. And then there's going to be one surviving colonist, uh, and it's going to be Anna Taylor-Joy, the chick from uh, from uh, Split and Glass. She's going to be in it. Okay, and so that's your cast. Um, that's your main cast, and like I said, Krasinski's going to direct. It's going to have kind of a dark feel to it, but it's, it's sci-fi and it's set in the future. My premise is Aliens versus Predator, but it's like in the future, like when we actually had the Space Marines, like James Cameron's Aliens movie. Like it's actually grunts you know going into a facility so the movie's going to open actually it's going to have the predator theme and they're actually going to see they go into like the pentagon it's going to be like a modern era pentagon and then you're going to see arnold schwarzenegger and he's going to be like an old man but he's in a military outfit he's like a well he's not in the military but he's like in an office outfit and he's writing on his desk he's like literally writing and this guy walks in and makes a joke he's like well you know uh dutch you uh you're over there pushing pencils 
I got this thing for you. You know, just kind of make a crack of when Dutch said, you know, the CIA's got you pushing through many pencils. Anyways, um, <laughs> the whole purpose of that is just that Arnold's like going to talk about how there's aliens out there and how he's seen one personally and he's actually combated one. So he's going to create the space force that gets suggested to Trump to actually combat the aliens. So that's the foundation of space force right there. And then uh, you fast forward all the way into the future when uh, everything's happening with Kate Beckinsale and uh, she wakens from her pod. They're getting a red alert. One of the colonies that they're patrolling, they're patrolling in space. Like the, the Marine ships just go up and down in space and one of the colonies gives them an alert. And the reason why this colony is a special interest is that it's got this substance that the, um, the people found that if they can figure out how to make it work, it'll power all their technology for like, it's basically the power of the sun, some special mineral that can supercharge their ships and everything. So they decide to go investigate, get back and sell. Uh, she awakens an alpha squad. Um, before she does that, she goes to the bridge, sees a transmission. Buzzy video shows the colonists of the latest whale colony screaming in a panic. Pounding is heard through a door, and then the door smashes open, and three armored engineers come bursting through, firing weapons. The video feed cuts. The engineers were the big freaking white aliens from Prometheus. Uh, they're the ones that created the actual aliens, the xenomorphs. But anyway, so they bust. So you see this like on a screen, and so it sounds like okay, combat awareness. For and then uh, mission briefing occurs. Uh, Beckinsale and Eckhart, who is the lieutenant, talking about insertion and extraction and all their objectives. And they decide that the mission is going to be a simple search and destroy. Look for whatever caused the disturbance, find the engineers, and kill them. They're not trying to take prisoners or gather information. It's just like, it's just blow the place up. Um, but they also want to check for survivors, so that's why they don't nuke the planet from orbit. So the Marines gear up. They load up into the, um, the tank. Be sure. They load up into the APC that goes into the dropship, and then the dropship takes off. And as soon as the dropship leaves the ship, uh, the engineers uh, have a cannon on the planet that fires on the fucking ship. And so Beckinsale's like, you know, that's the sound of retreat. She's got to get, she's got to fall back. But the Marines are already in the ship, the, the airplane, the dropship's already going through the atmosphere. So they don't get the message that, you know, backup's gone. So they have a harsh landing, and as soon as they land, they're deep in the shit. There's fucking xenomorphs all over the fucking compound. They're out in the open and they're just, you know, they don't know what the fuck so they start. The, the APC has a, has a cannon on it. So it just starts unloading and trying to wipe out as many aliens as they can. And they pull into the main uh, hangar bay to the uh, facility. They open the gates and there's a fucking alien queen right there. Like in the middle of our brood, just a big ass fucking queen right there in the opening fucking thing. And, um, you know, uh, they just start everybody shouting and trying to determine what to do. Um, the droid's the one that's driving the tank. So he's trying to, you know, target as many people as he can. But he's also avoiding this big ass fucking queen that's coming after him. Um, so then the queen headbutts the fucking APC, knocks it over. And then the Marines are scrambling to get out. And uh, Bernthal's character, who's the gunnery sergeant, he's still in the um, he's the gunman. So he's still in the turret. And he tells him just to go, go, get the fuck out of here. And then he blows the fucking APC up and kills him and kills the uh, queen. Everybody else just barely makes it with their life. So we got our first Marine death. So um, then Duke, who was the Lance Corporal, the big black guy, he takes over as, you know, the squad leader, even though, you know, you still have your Lieutenant Eckhart, or he's still on the ground. 
And then uh, he's saying, you know, guys, we got to go in, got to see what's going on. This is the queen, but this isn't the engineers that we saw in the uh, video feed. So we got to go take them out. We got to figure out what's going on. So they're just fighting tooth and nail. Aliens are just coming out the ass and they're just taking them out, man, because they've been training. They, they've watched the videos of the last space Marines and how they got fucked up. So they're just, bam, headshot, headshot. I mean, just blowing the aliens up keeping their distance so the acid doesn't fall on them. But regardless of the fact, at the end of the day, they're still human. So along the way, as they're going through the corridors, and, like, this is where Krasinski's director stuff comes in because he's going to create the tension, the suspense of, like, any second they turn around a corner and a fucking alien will pop out and just rip somebody's face off. So several of the Marines get injured. A couple of them get killed. Um, like Joseph Bahina, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, he'll die early on. Uh, Aaron Taylor back or just keep going okay um all right so just keep going um so the kick-ass kid like he's out he gets killed Schwarzenegger's kids gets killed so now lieutenant Eckhart's starting to get pissed because three men have died under his watch so they finally make it to the 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 central lab where the distress beacon originated they review the security video and clearly see that the engineers were the ones that did it and that the engineers, and then this is the twist. The engineers are actually controlling the xenomorphs. Like they're controlling their actions. So you see after the engineers blow the place up, a fucking swarm of aliens enter in and like eat the rest of the humans just for like meat or whatever. So they can, they can, they can insert their little eggs and and like spawn new uh, xenomorphs from the uh, human DNA. So the engineers, like they pull back and basically the engineers, what they were doing is, uh, through the video feeds, we learned that the substance that they found was basically what powers the engineer's technology. So when they stole it, uh, it began a slow process of waking the engineers up. It took a while, but eventually that's when the engineers decided to launch the attack to get their shit back. So anyways, they, we cut the space while all this shit's been going on. And in the background, there's a cloaked predator ship. And it watched, it's watched everything so far. And so you see a little drop pod launch. And this is where you actually see Bjorsen, the strongest man in the world. He's in the Predator outfit, and he activates his cloak, and the pod lands on the planet. And as soon as he gets out, like a fucking alien jumps at him, and he just grabs it by the neck and just squishes his head and pops it. And the acid gets on his armor, but it doesn't fucking phase him because it's Predator armor. And so he pulls out his talons, and he's just fucking going to town, just wiping out aliens, just just crawling the herd, cleaning them out. So then you go back to the Marines, and so they've, they've determined that they got to go to where the engineers originated from, to where the initial infestation was at. And um, what they learn is, is they go deeper into the compound. Underneath the compound is the engineer's ship. Uh, they had built the structure on top of it. It's like you've been talking for 10 minutes. Now, during the way through the ship, they find Anna Taylor-Joy, which is the last surviving colonist. She's traumatized. She doesn't trust the Marines. She doesn't want to go with them. But she realized she tries to talk to him to just leave, just get out of there, to not go any further. But and you know, at this point, Lieutenant Eckhart's we gotta continue the mission. So they go deeper into the facility, and uh this part's fairly uneventful. They're just kind of talking, just chattering. Uh, and then they get to the entrance of the engineer ship. The Marines start to go in, but then their radar starts flaring up, so you hear that dee dee, dee and then a giant fucking engineer walks out and he's got hordes of aliens coming with him and then he points and says his alien shit and points at the marines so the smart gun operators just start unloading and they're taking out like headshot headshot just trying to get everything they can to try to get the swarm down and then the uh, red ranger guy 
uh, he manages to get a shot off on the engineer, but the engineer's like not even phased by it. Like the bullet just bounces off of his skin. So the Marines are trying to hold the line, but the aliens are just overrunning them and they turn that they, they run through the smart gunners. So now this is hurting their firepower. The smart gunners are out. And then uh, the door opens behind them and this fucking massive outline of the cloaked figures, the fucking predators walking into the room and like, we'll know it's the predator because he's cloaked, but they don't know what the fuck's going on. And then all of a sudden his plasma cannon just starts going off. Bam, bam. He's just fucking wasting aliens. And then bam, gets a blast right into the fucking engineer's head. Engineer's, engineer's head explodes. And then the uh, predator just goes into Malay mode and he's just wiping out aliens. And then, um, it starts to get to the point where the predator, they're like, okay, he's kicking ass, but he can't keep going. Like they're eventually going to overwhelm him. So the Marines like, fuck it, join him, you know, let's help him out. So the Marines start fucking firefighting too. So they're all fighting together. They're all like, you know, Marines are taking out the aliens, the predators taking out the aliens. They get on the engineer ship and then there's huge fights along the way, but they're all watching each other's back. Uh, the manager. So they get to the bridge where the engineers are trying to load a start chart and they want to activating their ship's engines because they want them to take off and fucking go fight you know you know finish off humanity with their new weapons and all this shit since humanity is a threat now and then the predator managed to kill one of the engineers um with his plasma thing and then the other four start opening fire and these are like armored engineers so they got their technology and they're fucking ready to go they're not like the normal pansies and at this point there's no aliens around it's just the engineers so the marines are trying to fight but their weapons are like having almost no effect so at this point um the uh the redneck kid uh, Lucas, whatever his name is, Black or whatever, the kid from Sling Blade, he's the explosives ordinance. He he has a tactical nuke with him, so he decides he's going to fucking nuke the ship. And so they're they're telling him, no, you can't do it. Eckhart's trying to talk him out of it, but Eckhart's injured, so he's like, fucking, I'm doing it anyways. So he he activates it, and then like they're all trying to figure out what's going on, and then uh, an engineer gets the drop on the predator, and uh, hits him with an energy blast and damages his armor, and so. Um, but several of the Marines like fight the engineer off and they kill him. And then they, they haul the predator out. So they're carrying the predator through this corridor and his armor's on fire and everything. They So the uh, droid rips the armor off. And so now you can see the predator's head and all that stuff. And then um, anyways, they go to leave the ship as the ship's taking off. And as the ship gets up towards the end of the compound, they all jump out of the ship onto the compound and then at this point, there's only a few Marines left, which is uh, Duke, the big black guy, the Red Ranger, and Chloe Grace Moritz, the droid, and the uh, colonist survivor. And the uh, droid, you know, he's taking off the armor for the Predator and, like, trying to tend to his wounds real quick. Well, while he's doing all this, a fucking engineer, like, jumps out of the back of the ship. And, that, like, the Marines aren't paying attention to it. He runs up to the droid, Sterling K. Brown. He rips the droid in half and fucking... You know, his guts and all that white shit goes exploding everywhere. And then um, at the same time, the fucking nuke goes off and the ship explodes up in space. And so the engineer's like holding the droid parts in his hands. He just starts squishing them. And, uh, oh, I forgot to mention this, but before the kid nukes the uh, the ship, as they're all leaving, he's like, get Hoss out of here. And so that's where they get the nickname Big Hoss. That's why they call the Predator Hoss. And so, the, anyways, the ship's, blown up, the ship's blown up, the humans are excited, and the engineer's pissed off. So, um, so basically, the Predator stands up, and he takes off his fucking gear, and he just gets into a fist fight with the fucking engineer. And they're just beating the shit out of each other, just pounding and punching and kicking and all this crazy shit's going on. The humans are like, can barely keep up with. 
And then finally, you know, the engineer, he just got, they just got the predators outmatched. They're just stronger, they're faster, they're smarter. And so finally, look, the engineer gets him on the ground and he's got him by the throat. And it looks like he's about to punch him right into his head. And then uh, Duke, the, the Lance Corporal, um, just so happens to pull out his rifle and like, bam, just headshots right in the fucking, the engineer's head just kills him instantly. So his head like just explodes. And then uh, the drop ship comes seeming in at the distance. The crew are loaded up, including the Predator. They fly back to the ship, which is fucking damaged, but Beckinsale's still in charge and is holding it together. And so she she comes to see all the Marines for the debriefing. She sees there's only a few of them left. Um, so Duke gives a report of who all made it since he's the ranking officer. And then the Predator comes limping out of the fucking ship, and she's like, whoa, shit. So everybody's like fucking pulling out their guns and shit. And the um, the Red Ranger guy's like, you know, hey, no, 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 he's with us. He's an ally. And so droids come over and they start helping him. And then so she kind of looks around and she's like, Kate Beckinsale says, well, it's obvious we're at war now. So having uh, an ally with us, since the engineers are involved, may be uh, the best because it'll give us, we might stand a chance in the fight. And so the movie ends with a pod that was launched from the engineer ship right before detonation. The pod travels through space. And after an unknown amount of time, crash lands into a lush jungle world. The pod opens, revealing an alien egg. Uh, so it's one of those little face huggers. So the, the face hugger hatches, it starts crawling around, and then it just kind of jumps. And as it jumps into the air, this fucking giant spear comes out of fucking nowhere and smashes into the fucking hugger and throws it up against a tree. And then the camera pans to whoever threw the spear, and it's this blue figure. And come to find out, it's the uh, Navi from Avatar, but it's the Gordy Weaver's Navi. And so apparently, like, it's a side story, but like from Avatar, Scorny Weaver's character, who's also in Aliens, but apparently they're like related to each other. And this, um, you know, she died in the movie, but like her spirit went into the trees. And so, like, the trees have reanimated her corpse um, to face off this threat because she's got some of uh, Ripley's DNA. And then that's how the fucking movie ends. Yeah. And you took more than 10 minutes, goddammit. Oh, sorry. Well, y'all could have stopped me. <laughs> I, that's right. Kept talking. I didn't want to ruin it. Oh well. Anyways, I, I just see. How long have you been thinking about this? Feels like you've been I, thinking about it all month. No, I just planned it today. No, that's bullshit. I did. I, you I, had the entire sequence of the movie laid out from start to finish. You even had character lines. Yeah, that's my pitch. <laughs> if we were in front of a panel right now, they'd tell me and John to get the fuck out. Yeah, I don't know because I kind of like John's idea had me fucking laughing. Just the, the thought of the fucking balloon and all that shit. I think John's could actually, John's is one that we could just do. Like that's one we could actually just, we don't need, a, we don't need the pitch. That's just one we could just do. Oh, Shane, Aaron cut off again. Shane, uh, oh, Shane, your movie, Shane, is, is, you, you, uh, you, is really good, but that's a fucking lot of money. You need oh yeah, no, my budget's going to be in the hundreds of millions. Yeah, I mean, like, it's no, going like, to be. Say, yeah, you got some big, name, uh, big names in that movie, man. Aaron CGI alone, CGI alone, Shane. And pla- well, are you going to do CGI, Shane, or is it all going to be a uh, real? Well, see, that's no, why I want. Have- that's why I want Krasinski in it because the Quiet Place it did have some CGI, but the CGI is only there to like help make the movie better. So I want as much practical okay. effects. Uh, so the thing yeah. about the thing about that movie and why it was so wildly successful was because they went they succeeded their budget by millions of dollars. They spent they had a very minimal budget. Okay, the only real big actors in that movie were John Krasinski and his wife Emily Blunt. 
they were the only ones that demanded a huge paycheck. And so it, it was a it was a huge profit for them because they didn't have to spend a whole lot of money to make it. Yeah, um, they didn't have a lot of scenery. They didn't have a lot of lines and they didn't have a lot of actors. You yeah. you got like fucking twenty A list actors in your movie. Yeah, you, you yeah, well, I had to have a full squad of Marines. You know, and then, yeah, I dude, like that's the another thing that like, made you think about. Like you've been thinking about this. This is premeditated. You had a fucking role and a name for every role. Yeah, that's so why I planned it today, and I wanted um, you I wanted not think about it today. There's no way. <laughs> well, I started thinking about it last night, but I put it down to paper today. Oh and, yeah, um, you need like you, you seven have... five men just for the director. You need five seven men. Just for him to do the movie. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, I wanted it to be, you know how like the first Predator, it's like an all-star cast, like yeah. on his team. You know, it's Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, it's the Indian guy. They, they had the same uh, problem. They had to go back for more money. They Carl Weathers. Movie. <laughs> well, I mean, this is this is a big budget. This is a big budget movie. This big. is where the big boys play. They can either sign off on it and approve it and make them, you know, because <laughs> people like, people love the Aliens and Predators franchise. There's gold there. It's, the problem is there hasn't been a good one. That your your pitch was great, but you lost me when you started tying in Sigourney Weaver in the fucking yeah. Avatar. You, you, that's, that's at the very end. That's like the after uh, that's, that's like that's where you lost me. You, that's you where you lost. You took an M Light Shyamalan ending. You just went fucking sideways. <laughs> well, basically, I wanted to connect the universes. I want to know the Avatar takes place in the same universe as the Aliens universe. Yeah, but when you just reanimate her corpse and Sigourney Weaver's blood is in them, and I'm like, no, that's come on, man. Well, if you remember, they transferred the consciousness to that Marine into a Navi, so it's theoretically possible that her. You just go with that guy, the Marine guy. You just go with him. Well, yeah, yeah, but I wanted Sigourney Weaver because it's an Aliens movie. This is like this is like the swan song for Aliens and Predators. So you got Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sigourney Weaver, and so it's kind of like this is like the best. You know the best version of Alien vs. Predator you can get, like fucking over the top. Okay, so if you want to bring in Sigourney, I think you need to bring her in as a captive of the aliens, not as a um, alien reference to Avatar. That would be my only recommendation: is that if you want to tie in Sigourney Weaver, tie her in with the aliens because that's where she has a solid connection in the Aliens movie canon. Uh, it's been done too much. I, I don't think what's what's it? Who's the guy that made Avatar? Uh... James Cameron, the same guy who directed Aliens, the second movie, Aliens. Movie. I don't know. It'd be hard to think he he could sign off on that unless he. Well, I think he would. He tell him. Well, he signed off on them redoing the fucking Terminator intro sequence, and that true. was his movie. True. That was true. You know. True. So if he signed off on that, why not let him say, "Hey, man, uh, we got this wonderful <laughs> idea. We want to pay homage to the movies that you've made." Um. Anyways, um. So back to Aaron's. Well, y'all forgot. Y'all forgot the biggest thing. Aaron said that he's starring himself. Like he's going to be fucking Jim Rayner in the damn. I got to be Jim Rayner. <laughs> playing this goddamn game for twenty years. I mean, Aaron's thinking pretty highly of So he's going to pitch this movie. Like when he's in the board of directors, he's like, "And by the way, I got you, Jim Rayner, right here." I'll play it's me. I'll play I'm Jim Rayner. <laughs> yes, I, I, I do got fucking Jim Rayner right here. Oh God. Aaron like busts out the fucking military gear and all that shit. And he's like, "I'm ready to go right now. Start filming today." Yep, I'm ready. Get me in there. Put me in there, coach. Yeah. I need a short role in mind, like like M. Night Shyamalan does. No, give me, let me be a postman or a milkman or a cashier. I'll even be in the mood the whole time. Well, John, <laughs> well, yeah, I would just, if I was going to be in it, I would just want a brief cameo. Like, I'd be one of the colonists that gets killed. Yeah, like, make me the sheriff, like a sheriff or something in the background, you know, a yeah. deputy. <laughs> I don't need 
I'll be like one of the guys working on the computer whenever they're walking through when Arnold's first sequence when he like talks about making space for us. I'll be like a guy in the background or something. Um, but, but John, I didn't. Uh, what? So your movie is the kid. He's tra- the guy. So the 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 guy whose family gets killed. Yeah. He's he's trying to figure out who killed them. Is that what the whole movie is? Yeah. John, I gotta be honest with you. I have no fucking clue what your movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so. It was a balloon. It's a, the the point of the movie is it's the perspective of a balloon. So what the balloon would see, that's what you see. Um, but I, so <laughs> <laughs> where, where where are you confused at? I'll try to well, break it down. Well, okay. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what he's actually doing. I mean, is it because you said it takes place over a year? So this whole year is he like learning how to shoot? Is he like that, learning that's how to track? That was- that's why I was confused about like, well, do I want to make him ex-military, his wife owns a flower shop, or do I want to make him like an average Joe and you know his wife just have fun? It's, and, but I want him training along the way, all through all through the year, also while he's getting ready for this big showdown with the gang members. So okay, okay, so he actually is going to fight the gang members. Yes. I don't think you said that in your pitch. Well, I said this. No, I, I, said, I was like I, this guy. I was like it was like a drama. This guy walks around with his fucking balloon sad all the time because his family got killed. <laughs> that's what that's what I was thinking in my head. I'm getting a real froggy fresh and money Mike fucking vibe right now. WWE wrestlers. Well, I'll I give John props. His idea out of all of ours was the most original by far. I mean, and it's yeah. it's some, John's movie, something that we could make. Like we could actually do that. You know, yep. we, you know, all we, three of us. When your could, power's fine. You know, we could <laughs> film might be like that low budget. Like I only need a two million. Give me two. Like Friday, but not as. Yeah. Yeah. Cost money are the props for the weapons and the. Uh, and the buildings, that'd be it. Everything else, everyone's uh, be listed or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, All, well, yeah, those, your those budget really is going to be in your star, whoever it is that you get to play. That that's where that, yeah, the, see, that's the whole thing. Like, I need someone hungry, someone ready, someone who's going to pour his, his whole thing into it. You what know? about, uh, what about Dolph Lundgren? You think Dolph, Dolph Lundgren? No, 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 too, too, nah. no, 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 did you have any more critiques for me? Oh yeah, let me go back to yours. Um, well, we both had we both picked the mountain in our movies, which I mean, so that we we grew up together, and we both chose movies with aliens fighting humans. Um, so there you go. So that's that's kind of the same. Um, uh, oh, so, title. So Zach, title Zach Snyder as the director of Starcraft, um, which I think cinematically, like he can do the vision. It's just he's got so much heat from Batman versus Superman and Justice League. I just don't know if he's going to be up for it. He, he, it's called redemption, Shane. He's got to make it up. He can't just yeah. And this that movie. He's crime, a, pro, a proven in the past, because that's the thing. Blizzard won't take a risk on an unproven director. If they've yeah. got a director with accolades under his belt, they'll go with that. I um I liked the so I liked uh, Amber Heard as Kerrigan. I think that could work. Um, I think that's a perfect fit for it. I, I would, I would, I liked your second option. I think where you focused on like the origin, like when they they learn that the Zerg are there. I like that more because that that's that's not really explored in the game. Like the actual first contact with the Zerg, it kind of just you hit the ground running. You know, within two or three missions, everybody's fighting fucking Zerg. So the sure, right, there's the, there's graphic novels that kind of tell that story, but you don't know that unless you read them. Yeah, 
What would it's so called? You, you did a title of your movies. Yeah, it just had to be StarCraft. So StarCraft and then Warhammer 40K, but then it might be the Horus Heresy. Um, well, see, that's the thing. is for Warhammer, there are so many novel titles out there. You just have to pick a story and go with it, man. I have no idea where I would even start. I just know that there is there is a medium for a Warhammer 40K movie to be told. I would like to start in the Horus Heresy because I feel like there are actors out there that could really do Sanguinius, the prime mark of the Blood Angels. Uh, there's only- guys out there Go ahead. My only critique of the Warhammer was that you you didn't talk about any of the aliens that would be involved or who the enemy was. Um, well, like, so yeah, I like I said, if you did the Imperials, they'd be fighting off hordes of Tyranids. You didn't hear me say Tyranid? Oh, okay. I well, thought what are you going to do CGI or are you going to do live action? Tyranids would have to be CGI. In fact, a lot of that would have to be CGI because Space Marine the like whole thing. Like, like, I don't think you could build yeah. the, the cost of that armor. You'd have to get like some very detailed. You just do phone. Just do phone. You could just do phone with CGI on top of it because people do uh, Warhammer 40K cosplay all the time and they just make it themselves and yeah. it looks legitimate. Yeah. You know what? But um, no, what, uh, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, you, you could have people like. Um, the, the mountain playing a space marine he'd be perfect and if you just wanted to do the story of the imperial guard with all these average humans compared to the size of the mountain and him being a space marine in armor would be incredible it would be a, a an incredible contrast and, uh, like no no one would measure up to him you know big that fucking guy no. he's <laughs> huge and a predator yeah he'd have to be a terminator he'd have to be a terminator armor no, he wouldn't have to. You just put him in regular Space Marine armor and then compare him to Imperial Guard, and it's like that's so. You, that's so really your your Warhammer forty K will only have one Space Marine in it. That's that was my idea. Um, is that if you just I put one, yeah, and and so the idea is is that a Space Marine can carry the weight of a hundred men. I like that's that. how yeah. they are. So yeah. You got the uh, chainsaw sword. Uh, probably a power sword or maybe something a little bit more uh, esoteric because he's only one space marine. He's got to come kitted out. He's got to have plasma rifles. He's got to have the heavy bolter. He's got to have the fucking force hammer. He's got to have the iron halo. Is he's he got to have. Is he going to talk in the movie or he's just more action based? The Terminators uh, don't. Our, our space marines don't really talk a whole lot, though, right? So, he's, he's, so that's, that's, his, that's his role then. That's his role. In the novels. In the novels that I've read, they have personalities all their own, especially in the Horus Heresy. The Horus Heresy gives you an intimate look at Space Marine's psyche more so than any of the other novels. It gives them all personalities of their own, like the World Eaters are like, are like gladiators. And if you ever watch Spartacus on HBO, that's the World Eaters mentality. And I was hoping to kind of bring that to the big screen because, like I said, there's a TV show that's going to come out from – Games Workshop that is doing the Warhammer show. And I felt that, you know, if you did like a miniseries or a movie, you could really bring some action and some entertainment on that big screen with all these epic sequences. Because these Space Marines go up against incredible odds. Thousands of orcs, millions of Tyranids, Eldar that can teleport on the battlefield. Like the Space Marines teleport from their ships. But Eldar can teleport on the battlefield, and it makes them hard to kill. Would you have Eldar ancient... in the movie? I don't know. I see that we're 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 talking like I'm pitching the movie right now, but whatever. Um, so I would I would either do a Horus Heresy, and that's really Space Marine against Space Marine, and so it's a civil war. But it's um it's so epic because 
okay, in the Horus Heresy, the galaxy is almost conquered. Mankind has almost won. But there is a turning point in which the uh, leader of the Imperial armies, Horus, he turns traitor. And he takes seven of the 18 legions and turns against the, the emperor of mankind. And not only does he do that, but he smashes three legions of space marines almost into oblivion. They had to rebuild from the ground up. So that took them out of the fight. And then they, um, there was a real big divide and conquer scheme. There's a lot of mysticism and magic, and there's some evil in there because uh, one, of the, one of the leaders, they're called Primarchs, one of the Primarchs turns to the service of demons, and uh, it gets really nasty, and it gets really ugly really quick. And so there's, there's just so many stories that you can pick from. The Flight of the Eisenstein, if you want to talk suspense, that's suspenseful. There was a guy that lived on that ship eating fucking rats for a month. Yeah, the only uh, Warhammer book I read was The Grey Knights. And that one, Space Marines are like, there's demons, resist the demons, get weapons to kill demons, go kill demons. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so uh, the thing about them is that their training is more special. They fight the most evil enemies of mankind, the demons. Only the Grey Knights have the, well, the Grey Knights and the Sisters, uh, Silent Sisterhood. Those are the only two factions that can face demons without themselves driven insane regular space marines they come across demons they're they're likely to lose their damn minds because they're so horrible and they're so evil and their influence is so strong so that's where you know going into the horus heresy that's where you see a lot of these demonic forces starting to take take control and they start to manifest themselves physically so you could play on that and start bringing in some of the horror aspects some of the gore it could get really nasty with that with that so Would you have um, any you know, of the uh, space marines that are like you know like three hundred years old and their skin's falling off and it's just like, it's uh, just so, like a skull. Uh, well, okay, some of those guys uh, do exist and they get like augmentation. They replace their eye with a lens, or they get bolts hammered in for how many hundred years they live on their on their temple. Um, they get. Oh, I forgot uh, to ask you, uh, who who would you get to play the voices of the Protoss in your StarCraft movie? Ah, so voices for the Protoss. I mean, there are so many talented voice actors out there. Um, you got guys like, uh, and I, I know Billy West is comedy, but mm -hmm. Billy West has a huge range. He can do all kinds of voice acting. He would be a great addition. Um, there's people like uh, Kevin Conroy. You know, he's getting older, but he would make a great Protoss voice. What? Just because he did Batman for so long, the, the Protoss have that calm, collected demeanor. He'd make a good, uh, you know, Templar cast. You don't think the guy but, from Optimus Prime would be a good one? Optimus Prime. Yeah, he'd be good like a narrator. Like, if yeah. he was narrating, that'd be fucking awesome. Sure. Or he could be Phoenix. Phoenix ends uh, up going into a cocoon. John, on the on your story with the box and the fucking balloon, like when, <laughs> when he puts the balloon in the box, do we still do we still see outside the box, or are we just no, seeing a box? See, with that point, I meant was they're ready. The boys done told them, hey, they're meeting here. This is your one chance to get them, which happens to be on his birthday. So the so the dad puts the balloon in the box, and you hear the and you hear the dad go, you know, take take it to him. So you all you hear is the balloon traveling from one area to the next, the, and you hear the gang members unwrapping it, and the balloon comes out, and that's where you get the three sixty view of the room because the balloon's gonna be spinning. So now you can see the whole room when the dad bulges in, and there's your action scene. 
So you're not just seeing one way. You actually see around the building as he's doing all the action scenes. Okay, so that so he actually is going to fight the gang members. Yeah. Okay, because that when you pitched it, I was like, well, this is just a sad dude walking around with a fucking balloon that he's no, carrying I, with I him. Well, the, the point was <laughs> I want to do was was the dad do that scene with the balloon, and but when the when a gang member opens the uh, the box, you see the kid in the background locking doors so he mm. can't escape. And so when the dad bulges in, you got your big dramatic area uh, area. Abandoned building fight scene that he's gonna do. Yeah. Well, if you got if you got Tom Hanks for that role, you'd have a hit, man. I think you could do it. Can Tom Hanks do action? Can he do action? I think he can. Well, I mean, he can for that for what you're calling for. I mean, half the movie, John, is this guy walking around with a fucking balloon talking about his family getting killed. Well, (laughs) you're supposed to understand that he's taking the balloon with him. That yeah, he looks crazy, but in the side notes, he's you see him. Training, exercising in, the, in, his, in his apartment, his house, uh, picking up picking up the uh, the flower shop. That he's like, angry, he's upset, and yeah, that's the point. He's supposed to look like he's gone crazy. Oh, you know who you could get? You could get a uh, Kurt Douglas, the guy the guy who played uh, from Falling Down. <laughs> you know that was real angry all the time. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, he yeah. Played, he plays uh, uh, Hank Pym in the Marvel universe uh, now. Yeah, get him to play it. That'd be a good one. Yeah, he could do it. Oh, I was gonna tell you, Shane. In that movie, you said the guy who played uh, Killmonger's dad. He was also in uh, Predators. He was one of the directors in Predators. Oh, well, there you go. So it all ties in. So now he gets he, to be a droid. But he dies. In the, but did you watch it yet? No, I hadn't seen it yet. Okay. I read this. I read the plot line though, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't saying anything that's already been done. Well, so I, I cheated he, and I read the the ending of it before. I, he actually he actually figured out a way, Shane. To put the plasma cannon onto him, like on a human, he he, re, he re-engineered it. So now the plasma cannon sits on a human. So, and, oh, okay. So, so he had so, that, he went out sucker style. I mean, he went out quick. Like, oh, so much for the plasma cannon, you know. So ha- using that backstory, now we can say that this guy, this droid, was based based off of that scientist. Yeah, because he was a, so, he was a main director of the Predator uh, the Predator project. Yeah, so that makes sense. That, 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 that'd be a nice that, little time. That's what that's what yeah. he was doing. He was re-engineering their their uh their mechanics. Yeah, so there you go. That uh that ties into it. Yeah, because I wanted them to have some upgraded weapons, you know, to try to fight the aliens. So like the humans are the 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 humans are already at war with the xenomorphs. They're already trying to wipe them out. The only thing is, is they didn't know how the extent the engineers were involved. But when they find out the engineers are controlling them. That's when they realize we're not at war with xenomorphs. We're at war with engineers. So now they're going to try to take it to them. And so the next movie would be like, you know, the Predators on the squad and like they're fighting together. They're they're like an alliance now. That's just, that's just a big ass Predator, Shane. Like big. Yeah, well, no, I wanted a big one. The human side. Do what? Do what? I say I can't say never. They they showed they teamed up in Alien versus Predator the first one, but more often than not, the Predator is trying to kill humans, and what? it's 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 not that um, they look at them as an enemy. It's just that they know that they can be a threat later on. They hunt them because now their game they can't risk their game becoming elevated to the point where they compete well, with that's the Predator. Thing. That's what they do in the books. That's what Predators don't like alien uh, humans in in the books. Predators hate humans. They know they're getting, they're traveling too far. I mean, I think that the predator is going to team up with humans just to kill aliens. 
I, I think that's that's a little too much. That's a little too much expectation from the predator. You know, especially when it comes down to uh, the predator has all these factions that are conflicting. Uh, you know, you got the evolved ones versus the ones that aren't evolved. Uh, like you, you saw with the most recent predator release, uh, you had that one predator that was trying to introduce technology and preserve them, and then you had the one more advanced predator, the more evolved predator, was trying to just to, to delay that and stop it. Um, and so there's there's factions in the predator. That are- Yeah, you got you got different different predators doing different things. Some like us, some don't like us. Yeah, care less about your your story has potential to get really convoluted and really confusing. But if well, you think saying, he, you know, this will be this is kind of like the start of an alliance when the uh, the predators realize that they can't by themselves beat the engineers, and if they don't do something about it, they're going to take over everything because the engineers don't care for the predators either. They care for them just as much as they care for us. I just, I just, man, I think that you should. You should answer in your movie if you're going to do this, because none of the other movies really answer why the engineers made the alien. You got to answer why the engineers made the alien. They don't really clearly state why they made it. They just state that they made it. Yeah, no, it's it's they're they're like you know they're engineers. They like to build shit, so they wanted to make the perfect weapon. Um, and the reason why they wanted to make the perfect weapon is because they want to like control everything in the galaxy or whatever and like become perfect. And they think that they can ascend to like some kind of greater being or understanding. That's, so, that's know. a hard. That's a hard movie to pitch, that because you need a lot of damn money. You need. A yeah, lot no, of mine, mine's going to be a huge. Money. Specific cast list is yeah. it's kind of unnerving. Yeah, so, <laughs> well, I, I wanted, have this person, and this person, and this person. <laughs> I wanted an all-star, and some some of those actors aren't necessarily big names. Like that kid from Sling Blade. I mean, what the fuck has he done in the last five years? Fast well, and, he was in the Fast and the Furious movies. Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Uh, Tokyo Drift. Oh, he, he came back and played in another one. And, and then and then kick ass. I mean, he had Godzilla, which you know his part of Godzilla most people hated. And then um, the Grace Chloe Moritz chick. She's only done like drama movies other than Kick Ass. Yeah, she's been but, in the public. The, know, the, the new thing going around though, you got to pay equal. You got you can't pay. You know, hey, someone thirty six and someone five. You know, yes, you can. That's how Robert Downey Jr. did Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, yeah, I mean, well, that's why that's why home dude walked off the set. That's why they had to get a different war machine because he was like, yeah. Yeah. Right, you know? did that shit. he did it no problem. <laughs> yeah. So there's always somebody to fill in. So if my if I don't get my dream, ca- that's just my dream cast. That's who I would like to have. Like dream you know, cast. Yeah. Don't, don't tell fucking, them that. Well, you're my second choice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I kind of wanted like the new recruits to be young, young guys. So that's why I went with Arnold's son. He's an unknown. I mean, he's got to go for cheap, and, and he's he's not even Arnold. He's like Arnold's illegitimate son. Like he doesn't have, you know, a rich mom to help him out. His mom's a nanny. You know, I mean, <laughs> so. But having think, that physical resemblance, you can tie him, like you yeah. said. In- the Dutch ancestry and say yeah, that he's, his, yeah, his name would be Schaefer. I mean, or something like that. You know, he'd be a he'd be a Schaefer. Yeah, you yeah. Schaefer. Really bring up uh, war stories from his family's history and talk about how they had come across this alien before. That'd be a yeah. good little nod to some of the older um, Arnold movies. I think if you were to talk to Arnold about this, he might take an interest in it. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean that's why I said he would he would open it, so he's the start of it, and then Sigourney Weaver's the end of it. So you get the whole full circle: aliens versus predators. Yeah, you get the I, I, I don't know how entire franchise. 
think Shane. I don't yeah. know how fans are gonna like that. They might like it. They might not. You get a fifty-fifty suede bar right there in the wind. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a big risk. I'm, I'm saying it's a big risk, you know. But I think if you, if you cut out some of the space scenes and the space battle and just focused a lot more on what was going on in the jungle, I think you'd have. I I think I know what you're saying. You get more uh more feel, but yeah, yeah, get get more into the grit. Lots, but you, but you, but you're saying costly. You, you're talking about major, epic. Yeah. No, it's going to be you know two hundred fifty million dollar movie. <laughs> you're yeah. talking about a lot of material. Yeah, a lot of material. Well, it'd be a lot of planning. You have to hire a whole production crew. You got special effects, makeup. You're, I mean, you're that post movie where it's like fifteen minutes just to go through all the people's names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, but that's that's it though. That's my cast, though. I mean, you're really not going to have anybody else. You might have a couple of extras in a few shots, but most of it's going to be the team. And everything else is pretty much going to be CGI, John. The engineers are CGI. The aliens are CGI. You know, you're going to have the Marines and the Predator, and those are going to be your only like actual onset people that you see. You don't want, you know? you don't want to do a, a live action uh, engineer. You want to do a live action one? Or you don't... You get the uh, I guess you could you could do one. I don't know who you would get to play it, though. I got the mountain playing the fucking predator. Who am I going to get to play? Who's bigger than him? I'd have to get. Uh, I don't know how big the big show is. It'd have to be somebody fucking massive, you know, like a basketball player or something. Yeah, you're, you're right. It had to be someone and thick, so someone tall and thick. Yeah, like Shaq, like Shaquille O'Neal. Like it'd have to be. I don't know who you get to play an engineer. You're I don't probably, know. You probably can get Shaq to do it. You know, hey Shaq, yeah. what you do? It's just swing. You never gonna fall there. You're just gonna swing and punch. That's all you're gonna yeah. do. <laughs> I well, I, I I went engineer because I think I don't know. Did they were they real actors in the movie in Prometheus? Were they guys in, in a suit? Uh, I can't, I can't I remember. All, I thought they were CGI also. I mean, their faces definitely were CGI, but I thought maybe they had somebody like in a suit running around. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's possible. I mean, I, yes, I want as much practical effects as I can, like the explosions, the car crashes. You know the gunfire, all that stuff. Yeah, don't be real. do fake gunfire. That, I hate that shit. I yeah. hate fake gunfire. No, that shit is awful. No, so I'll I'll do as much realness as I can. But those when the when the humans were wearing the xenomorph costumes and the aliens, they had to like they could only show the aliens like for a second, or they could just show the head. They couldn't show everything, you know. Mm. But like on Alien Covenant, you see that bastard crawl out on a ship, and he's like, you know, like hissing and everything, and it's like, damn, you know. So. I think for the aliens, you kind of have. You might maybe for close shots, you can close shots. You can do a realistic alien head, but I think you got to have you know CGI for all the running around and hey, shit. That's they do. Good, great movie, but gosh, hey, just like get a get a company to sign off that much money. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, all that. <laughs> it, it, you have to go ball. You have to go all in. But you know, Disney's buying Fox. So this would be right in Disney's wheelhouse to make a big, that, huge. That, that feels like a two-year movie-making deal. Like you got to yeah. everybody. You know, everyone's going to negotiate, talk about what they want to do. They don't like the character. You know, that's a, that's like a two-year promise right there. Yeah, well, that's why I wanted. You know, most of the Marines get killed off because that way they can't. You know, they won't have too much input. It's like, okay, if you sign up for this, your character's going to die. You know, I mean, it's just what's going to happen. And. I don't, I don't know. Sounds good. Sounds real good. Though. I like it though. I like it. I like yeah, it. Everybody had good pitches, man. I, I thought yours was the most original. Um, I think you know, obviously worked. mine was the most expensive. Aaron's is the most ambitious. He wants to do two. So you know, it's. I, uh, I, I needed more time because I was at work thinking about. It. I'm trying to work. I like, know. 
I know what I want. Who do I want to play? Like, oh, do I want this or that? Do I want to be old or younger? You know. Well, I tell you one thing though. When you were pitching it, when you were pitching it, like I had to put the phone away from my head because I was fucking laughing the whole time you were telling the story. I knew you were. I was like, this is gold. Like John's just got the the perfect pitch, man. Looks like exactly like I could not have. There's no way I could have predicted that. I thought you were going to say something like, uh, "What's that franchise you're always talking about? What's it? Uh, what's that one series that you're into? I can't remember." Well, it, hey, like I, I thought you were gonna talk like like a Star Wars spinoff or something. Oh, like, no, you know, no, but that's too much. I try to do things different. Like, man, okay, they already do Star Wars. They already do. Yeah. They already do. I want something different. You do like like three. I want something uh, through the eyes of something. Yeah. yeah well, the whole balloon huh? thing. I mean, that's it's totally original. So I mean, that's that's you. That's all JP. Ain't nobody else gonna have that idea. Hey, play Shane next next year, Shane. Uh, John, you might want to fucking balloon this, movie uh, comes out. Yeah. This, this movie called a uh, balloon rubber bullet. Like what? What? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now that people out there listening, they're like, "That's fucking gold. Solid I, gold." I just thought rubber bullet because balloons made of rubber and a bullet. But rubber. No, bullet. I get it, man. I totally get it. It's great. <laughs> great concept. Good work. Everybody did good. I thought this was interesting. So uh, good. Very good. Good. All right, so are you wanting to do – are you going to invite me into the after show podcast? Oh, yeah, the after show. We'll do the after show real quick. Okay, how, right, do, I so, add, how do I add some? How do I – I've never done it, so how do you what, add somebody? Okay, so when you when you get into the app and you hit the plus button, there should be a recording option. And then at the top right corner, there's like a little symbol of like people. It looks like, you know, two people standing together. Uh-huh. And you click on that, and that's how you add it, and you send us the message. It will send oh, a, you know a what? text to us. I don't have Aaron on there, so it might be a private show today. Well, you can you can um, you can text him privately. So um, here, I'll send I'll send you a screenshot of what you need to do, and then you can add us, and then we'll do our after show. But if Aaron can't join in, he can't. He's already checked out on this, so if he can't okay. join in, we can do five minutes without him. All right then. All right. All well, right. get us off, Shane. Okay. Good night, everybody. This is Big Beefing, and this episode we uh, pitched our movies and. Uh, Maybe one day you will see this in theater, but chances are uh, you you probably won't. (laughs) All right. Good night, everybody.